0: Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty Spotlight interviews. I'm Katie Heysen, Director of Thought Leadership. Each week, these interviews provide you with insight from a different perspective of the Business Fights Poverty Network, giving you first hand understanding of how businesses and others are working on some of the world's biggest social challenges. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Andrew Howard of Schroders. He's currently the head of sustainable research within their sustainability investment team. He began his journey as a metals and mining company analyst, moving to Deutsche Bank Securities. Andrew then spent a year at Global Witness, where he led the Green NGO's global finance campaign from 2004 to 2005. Uh, Andrew then leapt into management consultancy, working for McKinsey & Co, before joining Goldman Sachs as head of research team, And helped to launch the GS Sustain strategy, which sought to incorporate ESG factors into the company's long-term investment plans. In 2014, he founded his own independent research firm before joining Schroder's. Andrew, welcome to Business Fights Poverty. Goodness, your career span, deep finance, research, analyst, campaigner, management consultant and business founder. Uh, Can you explain what your current role is as head of sustainable research within the sustainability investment team at Schroder's?
1: great thanks very much yes when when you put it like that it sounds a little bit meandering and uh, back and forth doesn't it um so at schroders uh, effectively my role is to be part of a team uh, working with investment desks across across the organization so schroders is a global organization with a wide number of different sorts of investment strategies operating in many different countries um but permeating all of that really is a recognition that uh, what it takes to be a successful business is changing Uh, the expectations on us as investors to take account of, to understand, and to incorporate a better view of how social and environmental change will impact companies and industries um, is becoming more important. It's also true that if you walk into a bookshop, you've got 10 shelves of books on how to do financial analysis. There are, to my knowledge, precisely no books that are an awful lot of use on how to do ESG analysis in a way that really resonates and is relevant to investment decisions, So our job really is to work with desks across the organisation, to work with analysts, fund managers, to help our clients to understand how we're looking at those issues, uh, what impact they have on the way that we think about investing uh, in different sorts of companies, how they're reflected in portfolios, how we engage with those companies, um, and really to sort of help set and drive an agenda towards more sustainable, uh, longer-term investment strategies across the firm.
0: So what do you see as finances or the finance sector's role? Um, in terms of societal impact?
1: Well, there's no escaping that the finance sector effectively is the source of capital which drives change. Um, finance uh, finance moves where which industries grow and which industries shrink, and it can do that in a relatively short space of time where there's an economic incentive and where it perceives it to be an imperative to do so. Um, I think one of the areas that's particularly interesting around the sort of broader sustainability agenda at the moment is that we're beginning to see some issues shift from being topics on which we can see a uh, a logical or a sort of a, an ethical grounds for doing something beginning increasingly to become uh, policy and industrial and economic imperatives. And as that starts to happen, you'll start to see capital move from, let's call them old uh, traditional areas of the economy to newer uh, forward-looking areas of the economy. An obvious example would be something around fossil fuels and clean energy, where you're beginning to see huge flows of capital from one part of the economy to another. And essentially, what the finance industry can do is really to help reallocate that capital far quicker um, than would otherwise be possible, and to really allow, on the one hand, companies that need capital, that have the ideas, that have the new technologies, that have solutions to some of the world's problems to grow, and on the other hand, to allow our investors, our clients, to uh, To participate in that growth as, as as they do so
0: and and on the flip side, so what's the value of societal impact to investors?
1: Well, so I think again it, it used to be perhaps that most most finance theory for the last few decades has really focused on finance as a series of equations, formulas, numbers based on annual reports and accounts and other other financial statements um, What's becoming fairly clear is that companies don't operate in a vacuum. Um, thinking about companies as a string of numbers um, really is becoming inadequate in terms of uh, making sensible, long-term, thoughtful investment decisions. Um, it's very clear that if you think about it either in terms of um, inequality that we're seeing across many countries in the world, whether you think about it in terms of the environmental pressures, climate change and the like, whether you think about it in terms of the mandate that governments around the world have to regulate companies, whether you think about it in terms of the political shifts that are fairly obvious um, on both sides of the Atlantic, Um, it's clear that business as usual, as it used to be, no longer holds. It's clear that we live in an environment where many of those old rules are being torn up. And then unless you understand that kind of broader social and environmental context, it's very difficult to think about how to make sensible long-term decisions. And I think one way of characterizing that would be to think about it in terms of what contribution do companies make more broadly to society? Um Companies license to operate depends on their ability to contribute something to society. And society is one of those sort of fairly vague and nebulous terms. But when you boil it down, it means customers, it means employees, it means regulators, voters, communities. These are all different parts of society wearing different hats. We're all all of those things at different times. And as our expectations change, as the things that we expect companies to provide to us as customers, as employees and so on, As they change um, unless companies are contributing something to us unless they're bringing some value over and above simply making a profit today um, they will struggle to be successful in the future so the way we try to think about this really is um, how can we begin to measure which of those companies that are making money today are doing so at the cost of imposing uh, a burden more broadly on society for example by paying low wages by avoiding tax by creating environmental challenges that somebody else, somewhere, else, somewhere else has to deal with, um, that looks up to us a much more unsustainable business model than those companies that are making profits today and doing so in a way where they're paying fair wages, where they're paying a full rate of tax, where they're trying to manage their environmental impacts um, and take a, take responsibility for the for the costs that they create more broadly. So, for us, unless you have an understanding of where those costs arise, which companies are managing them, there's a very real danger that as you start to see regulation around minimum wages, as you start to see a clampdown on tax avoidance um, and so on, companies which today look successful will look an awful lot less successful in the future. So a lot of what we're trying to do really is to understand where are those risks um, to companies, where are those societal impacts that perhaps haven't historically had a financial value but which will in the future, which companies are exposed to those, which companies are thinking more responsibly and in a more long-term way, on which companies are simply trying to make money today, um, but not thinking perhaps as much about the future.
0: Thank you. And so what would be your sort of top three things that you think will have the biggest societal and commercial impact in the near future um, on the financial sector?
1: Well, I think we are, it's difficult to sort of isolate three specific things, but I think there's there's a few things going on. One, there is a and I'll sort of call it, broadly speaking, transparency. We are in an environment where com- consumers, society's view of and understanding of what companies are doing has become far more transparent than perhaps it was in an age where media and news was, was more controlled. Companies now have relatively little control over the agenda in terms of how they're perceived by the outside world uh, relative to perhaps where it was a few years ago. Um, and so we're in a sort of an age of transparency that means uh, – challenges will rise to the fore far more quickly than perhaps they might have done in the past. And that really prompts change at a faster pace than we've seen, uh, we've seen before. I think the second thing is that we are beginning to see um, companies respond to a certain degree, but effectively we've moved from an environment where for us as investors, um, 10 years ago, we had very little information to deal with. Uh, we've we pretty much had... the the handful of bits of information or data that companies provided, we had to try and make the best of it that we could. Today, there is an awful lot more information available. And what what that's really changing is the ability of the finance industry to think more critically and more innovatively about how to understand companies' business models, how to understand the sustainability of the way they're running their organization, and to, to start to be more discerning into identifying which companies are liable to be the winners of the future and which companies are liable to be the losers. And so you've sort of got to some degree of liability the transparency, just an increase in the the rigor, the robustness, the integrity of the analysis that our industry can do um, compared to where we were maybe even 10 years ago. And I think more broadly, you've got this real shift in um, amongst our clients, and that's really a reflection of society generally in terms of what we expect from companies. And I think that that, that change is really permeating... Um, through investors, through to their to their own managers, people like ourselves, through to the companies that we invest in, through to the way that management's within those companies are thinking and planning for the future. And you're seeing this sort of real change that is being driven by society and the expectations that consumers have over how their money is invested, the sorts of companies that they want to be associated with. It's driving all the way through the investment chain. And, it, and it's coming as much from... The grassroots of people whose money it is, which is the right place for it to start, um, rather than from you know the, the asset management industry dreaming up ideas on its own, or, or companies coming out with uh, with marketing initiatives. So you've really got this sort of shift. One in terms of a sort of more open, transparent world generally that's holding companies to account in a way that um, perhaps wasn't the case before. You've got a more rigorous scrutiny of what those companies are doing. And you've got a greater awareness and expectation by consumers um, and society as a whole.
0: It's really helpful. Thank you very much. So what would be your hope for longer term sort of changes within the impact finance space?
1: Well, I think um, in a way, and this is a bit of a trite answer because it's what people always say, um, but but it doesn't make it any less true that this ceases to be a a discrete separate thing. Is that we are still in a situation where, there is a finance industry and there is a, a sustainable or an impact or whatever term one wants to attach to things and all of these things get jumbled up terribly um that that sits somewhere to the side or as a subset within it and that the reality is that certainly from our perspective the point of looking at social and environmental tra- change change the point about understanding how companies are thinking about the durability of their business model isn't something that's there because it's a way of creating new funds that we can sell to people or a way of marketing ourselves differently. We're doing it because we think that that's important in how we think about investing for the long term. And therefore, by extension, we're doing it across effectively all of our business, not just the few bits in the corner that have got sustainability in the title. So and I think that sort of shift has to happen across the industry. 10 years from now, I hope, we'll stop talking about sustainable investing as a separate thing. The implication is that there's some part of the industry that's doing unsustainable investing, which No one will be claiming to do, Um, and that we start to see this simply becoming part of how we invest, rather than a discrete part of investment.
0: Thank you. Um, So, we here at Business Fights Poverty uh, we have a network of people from across business, NGOs, social enterprise, um, enterprise, academia, and policymakers. How can this network better help Schroders reach their your ambition, or for societal impact finance to reach its potential?
1: Well, I think, look, the, the, the challenges that we're dealing with are, are complex. Um, they span a huge number of different areas. Um, and the only way that we're going to think constructively and in a rigorous way is by really bringing together a lot of different disciplines, a lot of different perspectives um, in order to think, think through the complexity of some of these situations. So to give you an example, some of the work that we've done more recently, really trying to look at... Um, how we can begin to quantify some of those societal impacts. And so you end up getting into a situation where, you know, there's sort of 50, 60 of these uh, of issues that we're looking at. But just to give you one example around something like, say, the implications of video game addiction um, and what impact that has on society and what effect that that may have on companies that are producing those video games, um, on the face of it, sounds relatively straightforward, but you very quickly get into a situation where an understanding of what are we actually talking about in terms of addiction, what are the sort of potential costs associated with that? How might they be remedied? Uh, which companies within the value chain are responsible or bear the most uh, responsibility for causing those challenges? Or where is the regulation most likely to hit? Uh, if we think about it in those terms, um, all of these are slightly tricky, are, are fairly tricky areas for investors who have historically been more comfortable staring at annual reports and balance sheets. So. I think it does become very much a case of bringing together people who have knowledge of areas like that. But the same thing applies to climate change. It applies to water. It applies to air pollution. It applies to wages. It applies to every facet of how companies um, and society interact. And so, to my mind, bringing together the breadth of knowledge, expertise, backgrounds, perspectives that you've described is really the only way that we collectively um, and individually can can get a better understanding of what trends are likely to be more important, how will they play out, and how can we bring both the technical knowledge in specific areas with the overall framework for how to incorporate that or think about that as a financial question or an investment question um, onto one page. And there won't be a single answer to this. This is isn't about finding the one solution, which we can all write up and go home. This is very much about bringing together thoughtful people to discuss ideas Different solutions will come out of that, different ideas, but that's precisely where we need to be. We need to be in a situation where we're creating innovation ideas and new thoughts on how to tackle the question of what role do companies play in society, how is that role being questioned, and which companies are adapting their businesses uh, in in response.
0: So for our network, then, what would be your kind of call to action?
1: Well, I think, look, the, the... and I think you, look, the network that you described uh, that you have clearly is further along this route than, than others, but more broadly for people within this industry, I think we're really, we're past the stage of thinking about whether, whether we need to think about these concerns. We've historically as an industry, and this is particularly true of the finance industry, spent much of the last 10 years or so effectively trying to persuade people to think about sustainability. And I think we've now reached a point where people, have passed that that stage they've they've got it they've understood that by and large there's something in this that needs to be thought about, considered, um, and analyzed in a slightly more robust way um, and it's really shifting that discussion from weather and vagaries to very specific solutions, ideas, and concrete actions and I think for us that that very much means trying to think how do we actually bring knowledge to bear to come up with specific measures, which companies are doing better, which companies are doing worse. How do we begin to quantify some of the considerations that we're talking about? How do we move to, to real action um, on understanding and taking action as companies that are that are, that are um, more exposed or less exposed, or have opportunities to to affect real change?
0: Thank you. Um, now, Andrew, um, we care quite a lot about you. <laughs> so mm. I've got a couple of questions about you, you today, mind. <laughs> If you don't mind, who, who's your inspiration? Where do
1: you get your inspiration from? Oh, this will sound terribly trite. Um, but I think there's a couple of answers here. One, I find this whole field of, I think we're we're in at a, at a state, and this isn't so much a, a who as a what. There is a who to follow. Um, but the what really is that we're at this point within our industry where what people have done for 30, 40 years hasn't really changed very much. You go back to people like Benjamin Graham, um, who is kind of one of the Sort of four founder types of, uh, of investing, um, and a lot of the stuff that they talked about is still being widely followed. And I think it's clear that our industry is at this sort of inflection point where there is a recognition that that's, that's an incomplete picture, and that somewhere in this sort of broader social and environmental landscape, um, there is a, a better solution, or at least a part of a better solution. And to me, the inspiration comes from how do we how do we take advantage? How do we think about that? The opportunity to really do something different, to have a meaningful impact by thinking more constructively at a time when others are beginning to think similar thoughts, but there are certainly no clear answers, there's certainly no rule book, there's certainly no textbook on how you do this, um, is is quite inspiring, because it does imply, look, it's a dynamic area, it's one that's changing quickly, and that it's one where there is the opportunity and the, and the potential to have a real impact if we can get this right. Um, and in a slightly more trite way, look, I think the people the people that, that all of us work with are very often the biggest inspirations. I think you know that's no no less true here. But um it's the people that one sat sat down working with day to day that um that, that provide the biggest uh, the biggest inspiration.
0: And what are you most excited about in the in the remainder of two thousand and
1: nineteen? Well, as with all things really, it's um it's the amount of things that I can see ahead of us that are huge, complex problems, whether that be thinking about uh, the SDGs, whether that be thinking about how climate change plays out and the need for for all of us to think in a slightly more robust way about that. Um, across all of these things, there's a huge amount to do in a relatively short space of time. So the excitement to me is how do we get more done more quickly? How do we bring together minds across the industry and across different industries to to get a better view of how we navigate what is going to be an increasingly complicated, challenging path ahead?
0: And how do you stay motivated with such big, big questions?
1: <laughs> um, well, so I think stay, staying motivated, stay busy. I think the, the 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 motivation piece just comes really from the scale of the opportunity. This is this whole area. I can think of no other area of finance or investing more generally that has grown as quickly as this broad sustainability topic has. And it means different things to different people. But across the entire industry, it's gone from very much the fringes to the middle um, in, in a very short space of time. And I think the, that will continue going forward. Keeping, keeping up with the speed with which smart people are coming up with better solutions um, is, is all the motivation, really, that one needs to, 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 to stay on one's game.
0: I'm inspired.
1: So what does personal success look like? Well, look, I think for for anyone really in in an area like this, it's trying to change bits of the industry one corner at a time. This This has never been an industry that lends itself to sort of transformational change all at once. But I think it's very much a case, certainly in my mind, of trying to change turnover stones one at a time, such that if we can move this, a, a, a particular funder, we can move a fund manager, if we can move an organisation, we can get some of our uh, asset owners and asset manager and a, an asset asset manager clients to think slightly differently about how they're perhaps evaluating different kinds of investments, or to bring a new perspective to how they're thinking about some of the issues that we're, we're talking about. I think that's that's the path. There's no there's no single solution to this. This is this is you know sadly in some ways. Um, no more complicated than, than the hard work of uh, uh, of going through situation by situation, problem by problem, um, and doing the best one can to solve them.
0: And then i guess, finally, what would be your advice to someone who's just starting out on their career?
1: Um, well, I think, I think and I, if I think back you, I mean, you mentioned at the very beginning the, the meandering route um, that mine has taken to this point. But I think back to mine where I started, it, it, it has always been – Follow the things that you find most passionate and most interesting it's always easier to stay motivated when you're passionate about something It's always easier to go the extra miles to think beyond what do I need to do to what problem am I trying to solve and can I think of better ways of solving it um, and that's really the key to being successful in any walk of life but what's particularly interesting here, I think is there are so many young people coming into our industry today for whom that is almost second nature and and not losing track of that not losing not thinking that somehow being an investment means that you have to leave that at the door or it doesn't. Um, and I think the investment industry is beginning to wake up to that, um, despite all the oldies like myself who are sort of further up within the organisations. Um, keep hold of the things that you find most passionate, and that will drive the motivation um, that you need ultimately to, to be inquisitive, to stretch yourself further and to do more.
0: Andrew Howard from Sroders, thank you very much. Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty.